friends, and welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Merritt. Okay, so today is going to be a little bit different. Normally, I have people come on here and share their stories, and we will go back to that. But today, I wanted to sit down with an organization called Hope Unlimited. Now, every time I get on Facebook, I see so much about this subject, and that subject is human trafficking and sex trafficking. I think my friends are speaking out about this, and that's why I'm seeing it more and more, um, and, I, and I think that's awesome, and I want to be a part of that. I want to help build awareness on this huge problem, because I know as a parent myself, this is one of my biggest fears. Like, I'm getting a frog in my throat just even talking about this, because it truly haunts me to envision people having to go through this horror. So what can I do? I thought I could at least start by having this organization come on here and speak out about what it is they do, how they are building awareness on this and what they're doing to help and how we can help. So this is a great one. And I just want to go ahead and dive in. Right. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for joining me here today. I'm very excited to have three of you here with me today to talk about this awesome organization. I think what actually made me reach out is recently I feel like we're becoming more aware of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. I feel like through social media, that's where I saw a lot of it. Um, and all my friends speaking out about it. And, and so I thought it would be so good to have you guys come on here and actually talk about this because we have something here where people are in our area trying to work on this mm -hmm. and trying to get people more aware. And so why not have you guys on here and talk to my listeners about this? So yeah. um, I'm going to have each of you in introduce yourself. Um, Joel, let's go ahead and start with you. Sure. Uh, my name is Joel Johnson and uh, have the pleasure of having served with Hope Unlimited for the last uh, eight years now, almost nine. And um, yeah, uh, let's see a little bit about me. I was born and raised on a farm in Illinois. I met a pretty girl from Washington. And so uh, <laughs> we spent a little bit of time in Utah and ended up back up here. Wow. And uh, we have one daughter, her name's Jalen. She's uh, six and a half years old. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I started with Hope Unlimited a little while ago. And then uh, January of 2018, uh, became the executive director. And uh, yeah, we're just super excited to be able to be here in the community and, and awesome. do a lot of a lot of great work. Awesome. Okay, Norma, let's hear from you. I'm the administrative director. Okay. That's a fancy title, I know. <laughs> but nevertheless, what it amounts to is I do the reports. Oh, awesome. Well, there you go. <laughs> super fancy. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about who you sure. are? Your sure, little, of course. Little bit of your life? Um, my background is in education. Mm -hmm. So I taught high school in Texas for five years Okay. before I moved up here. Okay. And since then, I have been living the life of retirement. Woohoo. That's exciting. <laughs> Are you right. enjoying that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Especially with this really good work that we're doing. Mm, that's because true. Because it's so very rewarding. Oh, so yeah. true. That's awesome. All right. Go ahead. And I'm Linda. I'm the training director for Hope Unlimited. So I basically put together our 
presentations, write our presentations, and do a lot of outreach where we can reach the community. Hmm. Um, my background is in 32 years of federal law enforcement. I was with the Department of Homeland Security, and I had outreach, and I over... I had oversight of the human trafficking uh, group in Seattle, Mm. and we also did a lot of training for law enforcement in a four-state region, which was Washington, Oregon, Alaska, and Idaho. Wow. All right. Well, I want to know what this organization is. Could you tell us about what Hope Unlimited is? Sure. Uh, Hope Unlimited, simply put, we exist to bring the what we feel is the source of unlimited hope to people who are in dark mm-hmm. circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that actually started about 22 years ago. Uh, our founders, Ralph and Leanne Fry, they uh, they basically just wanted to put together a ministry that helped provide uh, hope. And mm-hmm. uh, our strong feeling is, is that, you know, there's lots of things that we can place our hope in. There's lots of things that, you know, we can kind of look forward to. But ultimately, we believe that the source of unlimited hope is in relationship with Jesus. So we try to uh, find unique ways to help talk to people that would maybe not otherwise experience Jesus, mm. the hope that Jesus provides. And so, um, so that started out with first responder chaplaincy. Um, so basically we help first responders and the members of the community that they're serving navigate through traumatic incidents. And uh, we partner with law enforcement, we partner with uh, emergency medicine, and we uh, partner with firefighters. And uh, from from Camino Island all the way up to Darrington and down to Tulalip Bay and kind of everywhere in between and um, and just help. Um, and then through that relationship uh, with first responders and then some personal experience, we have had the opportunity to expand and um, and we started the anti-human trafficking uh, wow. in 2018. I think it was February. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. And and so that's uh, kind of a Reader's Digest version is a version of of what we did. Is I got to meet these two ladies because of a community program that we did. They came and approached us, and it had been something in the back of my mind of wanting to do that, anyways. Mm. And so we just started a conversation, and it just seemed like it was a really cool, well orchestrated thing that was put together without much of our effort. Yeah. Uh, It seemed like God kind of just lined some great things up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and and don't let these ladies sell themselves short. They come very, (laughs) they come very qualified Mm. in education background and and law enforcement background and all these, all these things. And so we just started a conversation and launched this. And our focus has been um, just kind of is we, we were challenged right off the bat to get really good at one thing. Mm. So okay. there's many aspects of anti-human trafficking that we could mm. be doing. Um, but we decided and felt that we were being led towards education, prevention, mm. awareness aspect of it. Oh, okay. Just getting the message out there. And then our kind of unofficial mantra that we've been marching to is that we would rather rescue our young people, or uh, we would rather reach our young people, reach our students, reach our kids before we have to rescue them. Ah, because yes. unfortunately, if... If you have to rescue them, a yes. lot of the damage has already been done, and it's a lot harder to recover from that. Mm. But if we can just put simple tools in, you know, for parents, teachers, community leaders, and in students' hands, then they can keep themselves from getting into that mm. I love that, that type of situation. So that's that's, awesome. that's kind of what we're doing, and and these these ladies have have just put their heads down and just mm. boom, gone. That is so gone. incredible. That's awesome. So I want to know how much does human trafficking affect our area? Like just in Camino Stanwood area alone, 
Do you know? That's a, that's a great question, I, and I'll I'll defer okay. to these ladies. But okay. I think the simple answer mm. and is more than you think. Mm, that's so a, a scary. A lot more than you think, because uh, there's a lot of people in our community, unfortunately, that probably don't even recognize that it is an issue. It's mm. something that happens somewhere else, a different country over there. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, impacts right it here. It happens right here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like just even with like social media, right? That's how they get into your homes. And I think we're seeing a shift because of that. So mm. human trafficking is everywhere. Mm-hmm. But because of the pandemic, it is more apparent through social networking online. Mm. So what existed before does not exist now. Mm. Well, it still exists, but it's more in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And so the online oh, uh, so scary. social networking is more of a concern. Right. I can only imagine. Social networking is really a big issue because kids are spending more time online. They're going virtual in their classes. And it's just all there in the background. These kids don't know, don't understand what gaming is about. Gaming has chat rooms and that's where the perpetrators lurk. Right, right. That's so true. I have uh, a TikTok addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I'm on TikTok quite often, but he would just as a almost 30 year old on TikTok, I have so many guys who will message me. Oh yeah. And it's just like, I, and I don't even post videos really. I have like what four on there or something, but it's just like, imagine if I was a teenager Mm -hmm. or a kid, just even a kid on here chatting with these people. It just scares me so much. Absolutely. Uh, TikTok is one of those apps that is really dangerous. Mm. That's good to know. It has really come up as being a very dangerous app. Mm. Actually, I have some new information Mm. that we hope to put online okay. on our website. Linda and I are going to be talking more about that and how to go about it. But um, that information really stresses the use of, not not the use of TikTok, mm-hmm. not oh, to okay. use TikTok. Wow. Yeah, just, just a brief background with TikTok. Like a lot of people, um, you know, it's a fun app. You make some videos, you try to go right. viral, something like that. Not mm-hmm. at, at its surface level, it seems pretty fun mm-hmm. and naive right. and, and, you know, whatever. What a lot of people don't realize is, you know, TikTok is, a, is owned by a company that's based out of China. It's a private company. Um, it, you know, it, it, it rebranded and merged with Musical.ly, right? Right, Which was yeah. kind of what started here. And so you have a private organization outside of the United States that has access to all of the information that you put on there and right down to geotagging. So if you want to get viral, you have to make your profile public. Right. doesn't matter if you're eight years old or if you're 80 years old, Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to give this information and it's out there on the web. And what people don't realize is because it's a private organization is they can do with whatever they want to. With oh that company, and they're not, and you know, with that information, and they're not necessarily held to the same standards that we would think maybe in the United States or other places of of that information being shared, sold, right. or just kind of left out there for people to gather. And oh so, if I if I'm making a TikTok and I want to get viral, I put all my information. I have a public profile. I make it. There's a company in China that knows pretty much down to the floor of the room of the house that you're at or the building that you're at where you're shooting these 
Mm. your geo, you know, geographic location. So they have your address oh, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. you just don't realize that. Mm. And then that's, that's, that's just on the information part, let mm. alone the solicitations that are constantly given, especially it seems like to young profiles, female, male, it's about equal. Right. Um, we've had, we've had some counterparts that we've worked with that created fake TikToks TikTok accounts and posed mm, as teenagers yeah, don't post that. any content like you mentioned, yeah, but yeah. still the solicitations and the offers that they were getting right. and the joke is some are better than others, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but they're, but they're, it's just, they're just out there trying to groom and get that process started. <laughs> That just makes me so sick. And oh. that's just and that's just one that's just one app. One app, mm-hmm. yeah. You and, have and Facebook, the, Instagram, Messenger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, the newest Snapchat. one that I heard, and this was this I told I told these guys just a couple weeks ago, is Pinterest. Oh I had, my goodness! I had a young, what young, young person in Arlington get groomed through Pinterest? Oh my gosh! And a lot of people don't think about it, but what is Pinterest at the end of the day in the hands of a trained person or a trained groomer? Yeah. That's yeah. a window into who you are. What are your uh, favorite cooking recipes? What are your favorite yeah. music genres? What are your favorite designs? What, all this kind of stuff, and oh, then they man. can craft a character, and and there's a messaging part of that too. Yeah, and they can contact oh. even through Pinterest. Oh my goodness, that is just beyond scary to me. And I think it's important to just say in general because there's so many apps out there right. that predators prey where children play. Oh, true. And, um, you know, there was a local sex trafficking investigation in Stanwood in the past year mm-hmm. involving a teenager that was groomed and pimped out to predators through these social websites. So mm-hmm. that's a kind of a local connection. Yeah. Wow. Um, that, and that made wow. the news and everything just right, yeah. just right across the water. Oh, my goodness. Oh. So what are other ways that... They are like, what are the other cases, I guess, that you are finding where kids or um, women or men are being groomed um, for human trafficking, sex trafficking, besides social media? What are some other things we need to look out for? Well, I think there's general indicators, you know, that are out there from... Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're talking, so if you go from 20 years ago, what Mm -hmm. we were looking for, it's not what we're looking for now. Yeah. Um, You could say, okay, well, you know, they thought it it happened more to foreign nationals. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it's a very much domestic situation now. Mm -hmm. And it's... And it is through social networking. Um, That's really the connection that's happening now. Mm. That's drawing our youth into that. Mm. Um, So although we can say there's many indicators, there's been a shift from what was to what is. And it means that indicators are more warning signs online. And some of those things are, you know... Right now, I mean, because of the pandemic, there's Mm -hmm. a few things to pay attention to. So withdrawing from family and friends, being obsessed with online activities, and that's certainly an an obsession now. Mm. And phone calls or gifts received from adults they don't know, Mm. which is offered online every day, all the time. Isolation for hours, you know, where they don't want to give up their phone and they're just socially connected no matter what you ask Mm. of them immediate changes in their behavior and hiding their phone or devices from you. So those are some of the things that some we've noticed. Yeah. Or, I mean, yes. there's even simple things called ghost apps where mm-hmm. it's easy I've for a young person just to yes. pull it up. And, it, you know, if, if you ever see a calculator brought up on a 13-year-old's phone, <laughs> chances are they're probably not yes. working on their math homework. What are you doing on there? Yeah. Oh, there's, my there's goodness. hiding something else. Uh, it's so hard because, you know, phones are 
such a big part of our life now, right? Mm-hmm. And kids are getting them younger and younger and younger, you know, that we don't have home phones anymore. So, you know, we have our cell phones now. So what are some like suggestions you would give to a mom and dad to be doing that? um, That's a real problem Mm -hmm. simply because um, kids are kids. Right. And they're going to find ways to work around whatever guards you put into the system. So consequently, You need to really be on top of the situation Mm. as a parent. And we hope to include some of those pointers in our updates online. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Joel can give you a little more insight into our website that we have and the information that we share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I I would love that. So so one of the one of the very first things that we put out is and, and, and like Norma said, you know, Kids will be kids, mm-hmm. and 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 as Linda has rightly pointed out, things just look different now. They, things look differently now than they did five years ago, mm-hmm. as far as just technology and just and and obviously with the whole COVID pandemic, it has forced us to really live our lives mm-hmm. almost entirely online. If you think about yeah. it, especially especially Absolutely. up here in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. so, I mean, we were mm-hmm. really you know our social lives were really isolated, and yeah. so the only ways you could reach out. But you know, I think one of the first things that we could do, and this is one of the first things we did, is we just kind of created a uh, like a little bit of a relational contract for for parents or guardians and and their children hmm. that just basically had like a list of about 10 things to say hey I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to be unwise in my use of technology or the use of the okay. internet or whatever. I like that. And so, yeah. and so we have that linked mm-hmm. and we, we've handed out thousands of copies all over the area of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was one of the first things we did because it just listed some things to look out for. And you kind of have just that, that social contract, that right. relational contract between a parent and a kid. And I think one of the best things that we can do is we just try to encourage parents, teachers or whatever. We, I think as parents, especially we have the right and we should be taking back we should be taking back our kids, you know, access to things. Yeah. Not necessarily that we wipe it off, but I feel like so many parents just feel like they, you know, it's so pervasive, it's so out there. We just don't feel like we are allowed to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Or we've just kind of maybe been a little ignorant right. or apathetic yeah. to what's going on. And and I think that's just kind of globally. But I think we need to realize that we, you know, we still are parents. We are still leaders. They are still kids. And we, we can and should be helping them make wise choices Mm. and it's not so much from like an authoritarian like you will not do this but hey let's let's make informed decisions about what we do let's let's follow this path a little bit if you do this then this is a possibility that could happen yeah and then we've just got countless resources that help back that up and and adding more all the time and in the local area we've done a series of uh, social networking online articles Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in our media and those are posted on our website also that give tips to parents about what to look at what to avoid and I think really um, we need to have those conversations with our kids teachers law enforcement legislators and church leaders to increase visibility in the community for what has always been a silent crime. Hmm. And we need to teach kids at the lowest level about protecting themselves so they are never compromised in the first place. Because being in law enforcement, once it gets to the prosecution stage, Hmm. that's too late when you can deal with it in prevention. Children are very vulnerable. Right. Especially because, like my husband likes to say, their brains aren't fully developed yet. Right. (laughs) Right. And they're still in that developmental stage. Mm. So we need to acknowledge that. And we need to know how all of that 
plays in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I also wanted to say that children are vulnerable because they feel unloved, because they feel unappreciated, because all of these things kind of make them feel insecure. So we need to offer our children more security. We need to make them understand that they are truly loved and what that means. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they'll go find it. Yeah. They'll go find it. That's right. Anywhere. Oh, dang. Yeah, that is so true. What are, so you guys kind of touched a little bit on, you know, you have links and things online for people to look at, but what are some other ways you're going out into our community and trying to grow more awareness on this? Yeah. Well, we're getting ready to, yeah, we're we're getting ready to um, extend some information, not just to our local PDs, but throughout the state, hopefully. Okay. Okay. and also to firefighters and first responders. So that's a training program that is free for us. It's made available out of California. And so this is something that we would like to look at more clearly and and carefully before we put it out to the general public. But there's also another program that Linda knows about Mm -hmm. because it was developed by SPD, Seattle Police Department. Okay, yeah. So before the pandemic hit, we were teaching a curriculum through a program in the middle schools and high school mm-hmm. called um, I Empathize, mm-hmm. which emphasized healthy relationships through empathy. And because of the pandemic, we are working, like Norma said, on bringing virtual programs into the schools. Mm-hmm. And some of the, you know, we're all virtual now. So <laughs> we have virtual programs for first responders, for mm-hmm. law enforcement and for youth Mm. that we're now working on to try to bring that forward because we don't know how long this is going to end. Right. Unfortunately, the area that we're really lacking in is education for the elementary school children. Oh, okay. Because predators are seeking out three-year-olds, which is absolutely disgusting to me. Every time I say it, it makes me... It just hurts my heart. Yeah. yeah. It makes you feel Absolutely. icky. Yes. Very icky. It's awful. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand it. And it just totally breaks my heart. Exactly. 100%. But you know, when you talk about bringing such a complex subject to mm. yeah. that young, you have to approach it the right way and you have yeah. to get the right people yeah. on board and you have to understand as someone that age, what that means and the impact it's going to make on them. But you know, when you... When you teach someone as young as three know and what that means and how to protect themselves, they get it. Mm. When you don't teach them that, then they're not protecting themselves. And that's where they become more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say get it more into the elementary school, what are you talking about? Like you, do you have speakers who come talk? How would you approach that? Yeah, I'm just curious <laughs> as a mom. programs available. Yeah. One is, one I found in Canada. It's called Tea Tree Tells. And that program actually works with finger puppets and stories. Yeah, it's like a book series almost. To train, to train children of okay. that age. And so what it does is at a very age-appropriate level. And there's other programs. There was one down in Florida, I yes. think you mentioned down there yes. too. Um, what it does is it introduces some of these concepts. And, and it's okay. not about human trafficking. It's not about okay. sex trafficking. It's no. not about that, you know, because, I mean, kids just have no concept of that, mm-hmm. you know. And we don't want to destroy their innocence by right. trying to protect their innocence yes. at the same time. Yes. And so what it is, it just introduces concepts. I mean, it's kind of like the strength danger deal from the mm-hmm. 80s you know 
know, right. but, a, but a little bit more um, targeted, targeted yeah. uh, to, to just being, you know, and then like they said, I empathize different things like that. We just, we have a generation that has lost the concept of empathy mm-hmm. and just looking out for one another, walking a mile in, in their friend's mm-hmm. shoes or their acquaintance shoes, their student mm-hmm. shoes. And so, so introducing that at a young age is that's where really where we partner with parents. Yes. We partner with, you, you know, because yeah. really in our, in our opinion, and I know we've talked about this, mm-hmm. parents should be taking the lead role in this and we want to equip them with everything yes. that we can. Secondary yes. probably with that would be like school and or, uh, you know, church leaders and different things like that. But yeah. really having parents understanding some of this and they know their kids best and mm-hmm. they're going to be able to have these concepts and just, mm-hmm. you know, teaching yeah. them to, you know, <laughs> to yeah, know what's going on from a young age. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it just seems hard to like be able to incorporate something so scary like because how scary it is to me to a child like how do you get them to comprehend something so you know what I mean like so scary well the simple answer to that is teaching kids how to simply understand how to say no when when situations or things that they encounter are not right yeah and kids understand the concept of yes and no yeah and that's understand yeah. so that's their protection really at that young of an age mm-hmm. you can't explain a mythology right. you know no. of what's yeah. going on you just have to say yeah. if someone tells you this or if someone looks like this or if they do this mm. you have to say no and they know the concept of no like it. Yep. so that yep. is a really important very factor true. and like simple that. well you guys are helping bring hope you know to many people working through this organization that you have um but how do you see god working in throughout your organization how do you see his hand throughout all of this that one's pretty easy yeah yeah so that's i like that yeah. god <laughs> has opened a lot of doors mm. i mean so many we can hardly keep walking through them oh wow and, and like I said, even even just how this aspect of Hope Unlimited came to be, I mean, God's hand's been all over, you know, all over the whole organization. But just even how you know the three of us got connected, mm-hmm. it was it was such a you know you can you just use that cliche. It was mm-hmm. such a God thing because there was really no natural. Didn't seem like there was any real natural way that we would have crossed paths with one another, mm-hmm. and uh, and the fact that we were all we all kind of had the same goal in mind before it was just it was it was such a cool thing and then that has been evident i mean the you know well first of all like i said all the opportunities that have come up and then even just how god has Mm -hmm. allowed us to i mean we're small brand new organization Mm -hmm. on this arm of things these ladies have put in time and effort and you know how god helps us and gives us hope and sustains us when we have Mm -hmm. these crazy schedules and all of these things it's been yeah it's been it's really it's been unreal that's awesome. And I think these are times where we lean on faith. Mm-hmm. And although we're a small, small organization, mm-hmm. we have had much visibility in the counties in Washington because God has opened these doors, like Norma said, for us through his grace. And he is the driving force behind our faith, strength, and endurance and continues to give others hope through our work. Mm-hmm. And that's really been our safeguard and everything we've been doing yeah because we've hit roadblocks oh yeah and well huge roadblocks in a lot of ways but we get through that Mm -hmm. because we have faith in what we're doing 
and we want to continue to persevere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well, I have to open up the mic for you guys to share because somebody might be listening to this who might be in a situation where they can't get out they might be listening to this saying okay so how do i get out of this situation um what is some advice that you would give them if they're listening right now so right off i would just say it isn't easy Mm -hmm. but we are connected to other agencies that can help with services and get them help Mm -hmm. we will not give up because god never gives up on us Mm -hmm. and we're not a services oriented um, organization mm-hmm. but we're connected throughout Washington pretty much through the work we've done and through our outreach and uh, communication okay. with other agencies and we have provided um, when anyone has asked we have been able to provide and connect those individuals with services that will be able to help them moving okay. forward whether it's victim centered yeah. or just information mm-hmm. um we have the, the ability to do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and, and there are, you know, that thankfully technology can, can be used as a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's human trafficking hotline, you know, and, and, okay. and state yeah. and federal resources that are there. Obviously, you know, if you can call 911, yeah. I mean, yeah. call, call 911, um, you know, get away, go to, you know, there's shelf shelters, go to a, go to a church, go to a, a mm-hmm. fire department. You know, those are all safe places that people are, mm-hmm. you know, no questions asked are going to get you to a place yeah. of safety. You know, that, like she said, there's so many organizations that are helping on, on that side of, of the services side of, of either rescue or rehabilitation or whatever. Um, and then I would say one of the main things is there are people who might be stuck and I would, I would also put, put it yeah. on the rest of us mm-hmm. see something say something yes like if you yeah. if you're aware of something or you just have that gut feeling or you, you know god's leading you just mm-hmm. don't don't be afraid don't yeah. be afraid to say something or That's step huge. into that situation yes. i mean we pass by people every day that we may not be realized or stuck in some sort of mm-hmm. trafficking situation i i was i read a statistic at one point i don't know how accurate it is and unfortunately i can't remember the source but mm-hmm. that it's it's like on on major domestic flights uh, so like, you know, beyond just little puddle jumpers or regional flights, you are probably on the plane with somebody being trafficked. Oh it's just, gosh. it's just happening. Yeah. And you can just think of the thousands of, of, you know, longer leg domestic flights that we have, let alone, that's not even calculating international flights. Right. Um, you know, just, if you see something, say something, if something seems off, do something. Yeah. But Joel, also from that local, um, there's a local example you can share from the thing we did at Stanwood High School. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, one of the things is that we've done, we've tried to do community outreaches. We've done classroom stuff, but one of the things we did, we did a large community outreach, uh, based out of Stanwood High School. And out of that, um, get, brought in a guest speaker, a lot of great information. Long story short there is, is we had two young people come forward to their families that based on the information that they were given, became courageous, were brave and talked to their parents. One of them was getting ready to go down to California to be with an online boyfriend. The other one was getting ready to steal their uh, parents' credit card and travel to Tennessee just because the information got put out there, that was the prevention side. And so we have no idea how that would have gone in their lives 
that could have been the last time the parents saw their, their it was two young girls at this point. That could have been the last time they saw them. Mm-hmm. Or it could have robbed them of mm-hmm. their innocence. It could have destroyed yeah. their lives. Even if they lived through the ordeal, it could have destroyed right. them in so many ways, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one, which this one is, uh, to me, just as exciting, if not if not more on that, see something, say something. Right. We said the We said this information a friend, I think 15 or 16 year old girl saw some of this stuff happening in their friends. And so said, I, and use that idea of empathy said, I'm going to help you. Let's go talk to your parents together. And so that saved another potential catastrophic event. Wow. Are there any signs, you know, that we can be looking out for like as Uh, we're at an airport or game or whatever, what are some of the signs that we can look out for? I'll give you an example that sort of explains it. Okay. Um, So there was an incident that took place at the Denver airport where there was a youth that was going to travel back to Seattle. And we had some um, associates that happened to witness this. Mm. And it was as simple as this. A youth was sitting in the waiting to board a flight and an older gentleman came up to him, started a conversation and said, basically, hey, you know, how you doing? And within five minutes had his information in his phone and then told him, you know, I'll save you a seat on the flight or I'll do this or that. Mm -hmm. So it's as simple as a conversation that when when people approach their approach youth Mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. Look out for those signs. Like that's not a normal thing that would normally happen. Right. And then long story short, again, um, someone witnessed that and told the flight attendants and they were able to circumvent that situation and not have Mm -hmm. them sit with that individual. Right. But that would have not ended good because Mm -hmm. that's not a normal situation. But there's so many things out there. You know, uh, predators are just very bold now. There's everything we thought occurred through, you know, Craigslist and all these things, but a lot of those things have been shut down. Mm -hmm. So now it's even bold that it's just paying attention to someone's kid. They go to the mall, they go to the, and right now they need a lot of attention because social networking and with their friends is not there. Mm -hmm. So someone says, and here's an example, you go to a mall and there'll be a kid sitting off by themselves. No one's paying attention to them because maybe they're not as popular as the other kids. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of youth that predators seek out mm-hmm. because they need the attention. So right. they'll go up to them and they'll strike up a conversation and start, you know, grooming them in, in a in a matter of words to say, oh, like, you're pretty, you know, I think like what, you know, I could get you something nice to wear or we, I could buy you. Mm-hmm. And they just start subtly that way. Mm-hmm. And that gets their attention. And it just goes on from there. So, you know, to really give you firm indicators, it's just about everything. It's just about paying yeah. attention. And yeah. right now, kids need attention. Yeah. I have so many more questions, but we are running out of time. But I do have the tradition of asking each of my guests um, what hope means to them. And you guys are hope unlimited. So (laughs) you better have a good answer. (laughs) So I just look at the letters of hope. And what occurs to me is that having, so using Mm H-O-P-E, hope means having one present, one present every day, because today is a gift of God. Mm -hmm. That is why it is called a present. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. 
Hey, I like that. Like I said, that that's what it kind of said on the front end. That's yeah. hope unlimited. We believe our source of un, unlimited hope is Jesus. And uh, you know, one of my favorite verses that I that I use a lot is come comes from Psalm 119. It says, "Lord, sustain me as you promised. Do not let my hope be crushed." Mm. And so, if our hope is if our hope is Jesus, then it never is crushed. Oh, yes, so, so good. If you would like to learn more about Hope Unlimited, visit hopeunl.org. You can find everything we talked about today on there. There's also an email and phone number for them if you'd like to contact them. It also looks like they have a Facebook and a Instagram, so be sure to follow them on there as well. All right, that's it for me, you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to next week. 